Welcome to the Manly Pinterest Tip Show. Show. A show designed to assist man in his quest to succeed on Pinterest. If you have interests in the content you want to share, content you want your clients to see, learn ways to grow and succeed in this unique and exciting world, one man will assist you on your journey. To become a pinner and grow your presence online, men and women can share in the success. And here to show you how is your host, is your host Jeff C. Adding testosterone, one pin at a time. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Manly Pinterest Tips Podcast. I'm Jeff C., and you're not. If you're like me, you may have made some New Year's resolutions to start putting down that Big Mac and start eating healthier in 2017. It comes to no surprise to many of you, but food and health are extremely popular categories on visual platforms like Pinterest and Instagram. We've all probably seen some of those gorgeous photos on those platforms that had us break our diets. How could they create a broccoli casserole that looks so appetizing that I would actually consider making and eating it? Well, if you've ever wanted to know the secrets and strategies that food bloggers use, then today's show is for you. But first, have you headed over to manlypitcherstips.com and download my free tackle box? It's full of some of my favorite tools that I use to create my images and to boost my productivity. Quit fishing for resources and go download my free Manly Pinterest Tips tackle box at manlypitcherstips.com. I'm very excited to have Tracy on the show today. And if you don't know who she is, she's better known as Tracy Antonovich, a.k.a. The Kitchen Girl. And she's been geeking out on healthy cooking since she first left the nest and went off to college. Her goal is to help people navigate their way through healthy cooking that won't break their wallet, palate, or schedule. She describes herself as a recipe writer, picture taker, produce hoarder, and part-time dishwasher. And she blogs all about it at thekitchengirl.com. She's always working on ways to eat smart by simplifying the process of healthy eating. Now, this interview that I did with Tracy was a live show where the audience was able to interact with myself, guests, and each other. If you'd like to be a part of one of our live shows, make sure to head on over to manlypinterestships.com and join our email community to find out when our next live show is. Come join us where you can ask your own questions during the show. I've been following Tracy for quite a while on Pinterest and Instagram, and her food photos are both beautiful and delicious. Even if you're not a food blogger, you're going to gain some helpful visual marketing tips from Tracy's thought process and techniques. So let's jump right into my conversation with Tracy, the kitchen girl. Tracy, thank you so much for helping me through the show with me today and the mic issues. And thank you so much. Yes, indeed. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Woo! I always ask, will there be snacks? But if you want to ask questions, if you're on watching on on Periscope or on Facebook, go to huzza.io slash Jeff C and you can ask your questions here in the sidebar and we'll try to get to them during the show today. So Tracy, kind of give us a little background about yourself and your journey kind of to create your blog. You bet. Um, thank you again for having me, Jeff. Yeah. I feel like I already know you because, well, you know, you, you're kind of a TV personality. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> um, but I, um, I'll give you a, uh, the quick rendezvous of my food journey that got me here because I think that's everything to do with this. Um, I grew up in Illinois in the Midwest, and um, I attended uh, all public school there, but also universities for undergrad and graduate degrees. 
And it was during my um, undergrad that I actually worked as a small batch bread baker, small production bread baker, uh, and deli manager in a health food store. And this is like years and years ago. So wow. this is way before the time that, you know, this healthy thing was really popular. Back mm -hmm. then it was, you know, it just wasn't cool. So um, in that position, I was able to develop recipes for the grab and go meal section that they had. And I was, I had access to organic produce and organic bulk section, you know, uh, spices, grains, flowers, um, you know, you name it, everything. I had the keys to the candy store. In other words, that was oh. my candy store. And so, um, and it was there that I discovered, this is like my mid, mid 20s, it was there that I discovered my interest and knack for writing recipes. And so if we fast forward to where um, I live now, I'm in the North Bay of California, San Francisco, California, in wine country. And when I moved here 10 years ago, I got a job. I spent my first five years here working in a, um, a fancy deli, a fancy grocery store here in wine country. And I was surrounded by all these European ingredients, charcuterie, olives, cheeses, breads, you know, uh, smoked fish, you name it. And that was just the deli department. So here I'm rounding out my food experience with that as well. You know, being able to manage that department and all those types of foods was really a lot of fun. And so it was there that I learned um, how to combine specialty ingredients to make things interesting and unique. And I think I really learned about flavor in that environment more than anywhere else. So as I was working there, I watched my home cooking improve, my personal recipe development improved, um, my kitchen efficiencies improved. And so I wanted to spread this out, you know, I wanted to become the kitchen girl and spread this out, you know, as a service. And, um, like a cooking education service. And, but what I was really interested in at that time was getting some formal education in um, both computer design studies, because that was just always a hidden passion of mine. And then also culinary studies as a more formal, you know, not on the job training, but actual formal education. So I held off on the cooking service and I dove into both of those things while I still had that full-time job at the deli. So I was never busier in wow. my life. It was pretty crazy, but I was, I, I loved it. I loved it all. I was learning everything I wanted to learn. So long story short, after um, learning the whole uh, Adobe design suite and some HTML and culinary classes, and then taking my previous experiences, plus all my, um, you know, I've worked in food service as a server and, um, you know, that type of thing and some pretty cool restaurants. Uh, I was pretty much poised to start a food blog. <laughs> So, so how, how long has the, has the Kitchen Girl been around? Yeah, so it's been uh, November of 2013 is when I started it. And it's fun because I've been watching my numbers, you know, I've been watching the popularity of it grow over this time, and it's been really fun. So, yeah, so, yeah. So was this your first blog? Is this your one and only blog you've ever done and you just have kept, kept on doing it? Technically, my first blog was um, from one of the computer studies classes was about social media. So mm -hmm. I did all these design classes. I did an HTML class, but then um, I um, but then I had a social media class where we were required to start a blog and use social media. And uh, I tell you the the tipping point for me. I had a, an assignment to do a book report. I discovered Pat Flynn. I did oh, yeah. a book report on him. I was like, wait, what is this blogging thing and all this? 
And that's where I got, I was like, wow, food blog. Okay. Or just blogging in general. Right. And so that was where I got introduced to that. So I thought I'm going to take recipes that I write because I have a bunch of them and I'm going to learn how to photograph them and I'm going to share them with people. And um, I have many other things up my sleeve, but that's my start. <laughs> that's very, very cool. Yeah. Pat is, yeah. I mean, he's, I remember listening to him way before I even, he had a podcast. I mean, watching him and reading his blog. So very, yeah. very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So who's your target audience? If you want to say your reader for your blog, who would that be? Yeah. Um, I say budget conscious, friendly, friendly, well, definitely friendly people, <laughs> budget conscious, um, people who want simple, um, you know, mostly natural foods, uh, type of recipes, but simple stressing that emphasizing that because we're all busy and, um, you know, we all want to save money. And, um, I think my target is mostly interested in building a pantry and a set of ingredients that they're comfortable with that are more like everyday ingredients um, that they can utilize over and over by making my recipes. So anybody who makes my recipes will find that I tend to stick with a pretty core group of um, items and uh, just make, keep making those exciting. So, um, and I also sprinkle in product reviews and kitchen tips so I try to, um, you know, keep things interesting with that as well. Yeah, I, I first heard about, uh, so, uh, well, first of all, I want to get into what's your process for creating content? I mean, I, uh, my, my daughter just, uh, she's kind of doing this uh, pescatarian, is that where they just eat fish? Um, yeah. And, yeah. and so I'm having to come up, because I do the cooking, I'm having to come up with recipes, and I'm, I'm loving your blog and the stuff you have, because it's healthy, yeah. and it tastes great, but... What is your process for creating content? I mean, how do you decide what recipes you want to try? Because I would be like, you know, I would just get stuck on mac and cheese or whatever for and keep doing it. But so how do you come up with new ideas? Yeah. Um, well, I have number one criteria. I love this question, Jeff, because um, I, what I do is I'll come up with a simple vegetarian or vegan. I try to, you know, I, when I make food at home, I'm pretty much starting with I want to use less meat and more veggies. And I don't know if I mentioned that a minute ago, but that really is my, my target is somebody who wants to do less animal products and get more, you know, plant-based uh, eating into their diet because it's how I've been living my entire adult life since that health food store. Um, and it's what I'm most familiar with. Um, but um, so what I do is I'll come up with a simple vegetarian or vegan dish. And then if my meat loving man loves it, and he actually actually asks for seconds or there's right. no leftovers. Those are the top two things that let me know we've got a winner. Um, he has a very, um, he, I like his palate. It's, I like it because he's not, it's not all hamburgers and steaks right. and things like that. He just, but he tends to really, you know, appreciate me. And so do I, you know? Right. Um, so my criteria is, does it, does he want seconds? I have to say that's probably one of the biggest things because if he does, I'm like, this is going on the block. <laughs> um, right. And then the other way is that I'll sit down and write recipes because I just write recipes in my head. I mean, I'm always writing recipes. And um, then, uh, so I'll write a recipe out on paper just from my head. And then I'll um, send it to the test kitchen where I put it to the test and see if we like it. If he likes it, if it passes the meat loving man test, then, um, then it goes on the blog but I do keep things seasonal as well. And I publish content around the seasons and, you know, events and stuff like that. So, um, but I'm pretty much always coming up with new, you know, new recipes. Is there a place you go for inspiration? I mean, do you, or are you just like, okay, I think this is like really fresh produce right now and I'm going to, 
I have an idea I want to try with something else. Is that how it kind of works or is it kind of your, what's your mind thinking? You know, you, yeah. you're always going around, but what, what do you do? Yeah, I tend to, you know, I, the produce I use is the kind that can be bought year round pretty much. I tend to keep it really, really simple with that. But let me say that, let me clarify that, you know, I live in an area that's fortune, blessed with the fortune of much, much farming and agriculture and produce and things like that. That's a lot of local organic. And um, so, um, so yes, if beets, if we've got a ton of beets out in the yard, in the garden, um, yes, I'm going to work on recipes that involve beets. So to answer that question, but I do have to say that if beets aren't in season, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to, you know, not write a recipe with beets right. in it, you know, and I'm going to, but I'll try to promote that when it's seasonal and by seasonal, I mean, if it requires oven roasting the beets, I'm only going to put that out in the, you know, colder months type of gotcha. thing, as far as publishing, you know, as far as publishing recipes. Gotcha. But you asked where I get my inspiration. I do get um, a lot of it, um, I think, from Pinterest. I think those visuals that you see over and over and over again are going to, enha are going to enhance your, um, your creativity, your ideas. If you're a creator and you're a, um, you know, or if you are a cook, you know, you're going to be inspired by what you see, you gotcha. know, so... Yeah, well, yeah. I, I first heard about you on the Oh So Pinteresting podcast. I think that's when I first, when I used to listen to that with Cynthia Sanchez when she was doing it. And, you know, I, I follow a lot of food blogs because I do a lot of cooking, but I am not a food blogger. So, I, and I know Pinterest is attractive to a lot of food bloggers out there because I actually, I used to go to all recipes all the time, but now it's Pinterest because mm -hmm. I, I can see it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that looks great. I want to try that. So is that the reason you think food bloggers find Pinterest so, attract, so attractive or what? what is the reason that kind of drew, drew you to it? Yeah. Um, first of all, I miss Cynthia in the space and I really love that podcast episode with her. That was yeah. so much fun. Yeah. And she and I are friends outside of all of that anyway. Yeah. And she, we actually got to spend some time in San Francisco together uh, oh, last cool. year. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Pinterest has been um, my number one, I think, source of inspiration. I mean, well, let me take that back to all these my culinary experiences, my food service experiences, those have come, those inspire every bit of the way as well, you know, so it's not just Pinterest, but I think Pinterest gives me more of uh, an idea of sort of what's happening new and trending and what's, you know, what people are liking, what's popular. Um, so, you know, as a, as, a, as a food blogger, a recipe developer and a marketer, Pinterest is the simplest, most visual way of showcasing your brand or anyone's brand for that matter. Um, you know, I can use it for collecting recipes. I can get ideas. I can get inspired. Um, but it's really fun to post a new recipe to when I release, when I publish a post on, on my blog, my first place I go is Pinterest to schedule, um, you know, to schedule my, um, my, my images, you know, right. for marketing those as soon as I release a post. So, and the shelf life for better or worse <laughs> is indefinite, you know, right, right. Um, that's a great thing even. You know. So your process when you, when you market, so you, you just created a new recipe mm -hmm. and so do you spend a lot of time crafting the image? I mean, what's your kind of process for when it goes to Pinterest? Do you, you know, so you, you have a recipe, it's past the, the guy who loves meat test, which I think is great. <laughs> and then, and then say, okay, I'm going to do it. And then you, I guess you, you write the recipe and you, uh, and we'll talk about photography later, but yeah. um, then do you take that image and just right away go to Pinterest? How much crafting do you do 
getting that ready for Pinterest? Yeah, I, um, I, I organize my, I have a workflow with my images after a photo shoot and, um, I will take the, in the workflow, Pinterest doesn't come until I won't schedule anything until after I've, after the post has gone live. Mm -hmm. But what I do is in my workflow, I'll make, I'll make images for Pinterest. I've, I watermark them in my workflow inside of Photoshop. I, mm -hmm. I watermark them. I use Canva too. I love Canva. Right, right. Um, I've used Canva less lately. I've been trying to make myself use Photoshop more cause I did take classes in it and I do know how to use it. Right. Um, so I do like, um, I do like the ability, the extra features that you're able to have with right, that. Right. But, but anyway, so I do make my, I do make very specific pins, uh, for that actually live on my blog on the, on the recipe itself. But I make what I consider to be, you know, image or Pinterest fit friendly pins. Um, mm. so long, you know, vertical images, well lit, um, you know, if my pictures don't say to somebody, if, you know, if I look at it and I don't want to eat it, I'm probably not going to use it unless it's a, unless it's an image I really need to leverage just because it's the only one I have. And I don't want to do another photo shoot on that thing that I really want to share, you know? So, um, yeah. So in your blog, your blog post where you have your recipe, mm -hmm. do you, do you, so you mentioned you have kind of, you have kind of Pinterest worthy images that you use and you also have other probably images in there like explaining the steps or something like that do you find that people pin those as well and you're like surprised sometimes like oh why did they pick that um, one to pin uh, i love this question because i used to be like i'm not putting any square i mean squares or uh horizontal or uh, landscape images right. for facebook i'm not putting any of those in there and now i put them in there and i'm like you know what people are going to pin what they want to pin anyway and I'm not going to, I don't have time to even think about that. Cause to be honest, it serves me really well. And this for any food blogger out there, I think um, at least for me, I'm finding it serves me well to have those different images on that Facebook page, because you never know what um, you never know who wants to share your things and through what medium. So mm -hmm. if somebody wants to share an image through Facebook, I want them to be able to have, if they want to pick out a landscape image for it, um, I want them to be able to have that. Now, side note, I do use Yoast now and I upload a, fa a landscape image through right. Yoast, you know, for that um, to, hope, uh, to help automate that process. But um, I'm okay with them sharing whatever they share. And I don't usually do step-by-step -step photos. Right. Uh, I, I used to, and I've kind of gotten away from that. Now I'll just maybe th inclu include a picture of, say, all the vegetables I used and they're all chopped up and here they are to give a visual of that. But um, I don't do the step-by-step -step thing so much. Gotcha. Yeah. So on, on Pinterest, your Pinterest boards, um, how do you organize them as a food blog blogger? And in the second part of that question, how often do you rotate those boards? Um, you know, I know, I mean, Tailwind has a guide and, you know, people are, they were pinning uh, Valentine's day, you know, two months ago. So how, <laughs> how do you do that? I mean, how do you, how do you, you know, how important is that as a food blogger and, and what are some kind of maybe some best practices you use for your Pinterest boards? Yeah. Um, that's a great question too. I, um, I have 44 of my own boards and I have 21 group boards and I counted these cause I have them all listed separate from, you know, looking at my Pinterest profile. Right. Um, they're all very planned out. They're all very much. I want people to come to my account and know that they can have reliable categories 
Um, although I will say I have one that's just called vegan recipes and it's sort of a catch all and I really need to fix that. So it's things like that, that really bug me. And I think, okay, that's on the list of things to do, but I have taken the time say to put together, you know, 30 minute vegetarian soups or Mm. vegetarian pasta dinners or meaty skillet meals or gluten-free meat entrees or, you know, my posts, you know, the kitchen girl, gluten-free, you know, um, specific and you're very specific in your board's names. Okay. Very, very I am. important. I try to be. Yep. And then I'm a part of, like I said, I think 21 group boards. And so I have no control over how those are named and what the cover images are or anything like that, but I definitely leverage those. I leverage the organization of all the boards. Um, I don't spend too much time, but I do try to, I think I visit them once a quarter, once mm-hmm. a season, you know, to make sure that I don't have candy canes showing up on the top. Right. Right. you know, yeah. um, yeah. when it's July. So, um, yeah, so I do pay attention to that to a degree. Um, but I don't really rotate them too much. I have to say, like I said, about once gotcha. a quarter. Yeah. So have you noticed any difference in traffic with, you know, with certain boards, with this new board showcase feature, for those of you who don't know, Pinterest now lets you, I think have five kind of showcases where you can put the, you know, your most popular boards and people can rotate through them. Have you noticed any different in traffic or certain boards getting more pins because of that? I don't think so. You okay. know, I, no. I was, yeah. I don't know how many people use it. I mean, it's, I just thought it was an interesting thing that they're doing, but um, I, I just want to know if, you know, if you saw something new with that. No. And I want to know too. I want to know. Um, I would love to know the pit, the actual Pinterest analytics from inside their platform, you know, on their end of how this is, how, you know, what the numbers right. are, what it's doing, what are the, what are the results, you They're know? making a lot of changes on a lot of different things uh, inside some groups. And Elise and I have talked about this too, is that they're changing stuff all the time. It's hard to keep track of what to do and what best practices. And so that's why I want to make sure that you're doing it. Um, yeah. So, okay. Group boards. This is another thing I want to ask. Yeah. And I, I'm going to sneak this one in. Yeah, um, have you noticed a downturn in group boards? Because a lot of people I have seen, and I'm like I've said, I'm not in the food blogging space, but I've seen a lot of people talk about group boards aren't what they used to be. And that, you know, even people say, oh, it, it hurts you to be on too many and all this stuff. Have, have you noticed any different as a as a food blogger in that space? Um, I feel like group boards have nothing but helped me. Um, I use Tailwind. I know that that's one of your questions, but mm-hmm. there is a way to see the see the numbers on how group how how any board is performing and i use that to gauge you know which group boards are performing well for me and i have to say that i mean i started getting on group boards um a couple of years ago i started pinterest right away when i started blogging in um 2013 november 2013 but i started pinterest within a few months and it took me a year at least to get on a group board Mm-hmm. And then everything just started compounding and I've, I'm on a bunch of them now. Um, I have only seen things go up and up and up and up, you know, now, mind mm-hmm. you, I have like, I think I just reached, I just crossed the 5,000 follower threshold on Pinterest, mm-hmm. but I've never even tried to get Pinterest followers um, in the, in my time, other than say in my newsletters saying, Oh, look, here's my Pinterest, you know, but outside of just marketing on Pinterest, um, I've noticed an uptick in my followers in the last year, like, like a, a big jump, a notable. Yeah. Gotcha. 
Like like four thousand people. Like it was at a thousand a year ago, and now yes. it's at five thousand. That's really that's interesting. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting, and especially for yes. food bloggers. And that may be something that Pinterest is doing on their end and highlighting the stuff with the the smart feed and all that. So, yep. well, you mentioned Tailwind, which is you know I love Tailwind. I'm a big uh, fan of of them, um, and so I use a scheduler. So how many pins? I always ask this when people say this because I always want to know how many yeah. pins are you pinning a day. And do you do a mix of, I'm going to schedule these that are always going to go out and kind of repeat or whatever. And then I'm going to find organic kind of ones that I pin as I, as I kind of go through the day. So Whew, what's- yeah. yeah, this is a, <laughs> this is, this is a doozy. Um, because it is my primary source of scheduling. It's my mm-hmm. primary source of marketing, not to put all the eggs in one basket. Cause I am all about diversifying, but I've diversified in the other social media platforms to a much smaller degree than Pinterest. But uh, automation tools like Tailwind and Board Booster, I do use that. Um, Those two things combined allows me so much more freedom to have so much more time um, because I have them working together in a way to um, optimize my pinning so that it doesn't get, I don't want it to get boring and repetitive or spammy by any means. So I've set that up as a system and it took me some time to figure this out, but I'm a systems girl. I like to figure things out and then do them, you know? And sometimes it takes me a long time to figure things out, but I'm okay with that because I, they work when I get them going, you know, Um, like blogging, (laughs) (laughs) like being a food blogger. Um, So, um, so uh, tail, how do I say this? When I first got Tailwind eight or nine months ago, I don't know how long ago it was, I thought it was the greatest thing on the planet. And I still do. I, uh, um, I, however, there are some things I wish that they would do, like allow us to sprinkle things out over mm-hmm. a period instead of me having to drag each right. loop item. It, have a loop. I know they're, they're talking about adding that, but that's one of the things I know that it would be awesome if you could do that. Yeah. Like if I have, if I put out a new post, here's a prime example. I put out a new post and I want to put that on 10 different group boards and five of my personal boards. And I want to have that, have that happen over the next week. Well, when I click a button, I would like that button to give me the option to customize and say, sprinkle these out randomly over the next 10 days. Mm. That would be awesome. Cause otherwise, if it doesn't, it all collects in that very right. When you, it, it collects in one spot. Um, anyway, I don't want to get too deep into that, but, 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 so what would you estimate that how many pins you're putting out a day? Because I've heard, you know, some people say they do like 30 a day and any more than that's bad. And then other people say that, you know, something else. So what are, what's kind of your range you'd think? Um, boy, I wish I could remember. I have, I have a boot board, 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 board booster (laughs) set up Their board booster is doing most of my work for me right now. Um, Tailwind is where I go to do specific pinning for things. So that's Mm -hmm. more of the, I use Tailwind for campaigns for individual recipes. So if it's been a long time since I've say marketed my, uh, you know, Asian noodle soup for the cold season and I'm like, Oh wait, it's cold season. I need to get that out. I'm going to hit up Tailwind and I'm going to sprinkle out a bunch of those over the next week because I want those to hit hard you know, but not too spammy again. Right, right. Okay, so how that works is my board booster is pushing out um, 
images to Pinterest to where um, my tail when they do end up being sprinkled, but my board, I don't know. I mean, your question is how many, I want to say I'm doing 50 pins a day or something. Okay. It might be more. That may be why you had a big jump too this last year. This I did, yeah, but I didn't start board booster till uh, like summer, late summer. But yeah, that could, that could. But I saw that jump started happening Early. back back in February, way before board booster happened. Gotcha. So yeah. Well, here's another question that may be a little, I mean, I know board booster versus tailwind is kind of a controversial thing, but also um, there's another one for food bloggers that I've read is, you know, rich pins for recipes. Mm-hmm. They're giving yeah. a lot of information away. Yeah. And there's talk they're going to be starting to do something because they bought uh, Pinterest bought Instapaper. And mm-hmm. so it looks like maybe predict, I'm going to kind of predict this, that they're going to have something with articles will be the same way where there'll be some rich feature where they'll taking something. So I know a lot of food bloggers were upset because it's like, why would they click through my site when I can read and get the entire directions of uh, Pinterest? I mean, on Pinterest and not go to your site and get your advertising or clicks or whatever. So how do you handle that as a food blogger? And, and I noticed for most of your stuff, I didn't see any of that. I didn't see any rich pin recipe, rich pins on yours. Maybe I missed them, but um, so what are the pros and cons, I guess, of that um, from a food blogger's perspective? Yeah. Um, that's a great, that's a great question too. Um, I love rich pins. I love you. I love that my recipes, um, would be on rich pins, which I don't know why they're not right now. That must be, unless I, there's I, just some... saw, I saw a couple of them. That was the only thing I, would, I noticed maybe. that too. I, I noticed on my most recent thing, I'm like, where's, where are the ingredients? So, and the reason why is because I love that the ingredients are listed on rich pins because to the user, um, well, yeah, to the to the user who's using Pinterest and looking for recipes, it helps them weed out recipes that are either not for them or weed in the recipes that are for them at a glance of the ingredients. Mm. Um, to me, I think that's the number one benefit to that. And the thing is, is that I don't mind sacrificing some traffic if it means I'm not using a clickbaity type, you know, of strategy. And so... Not to say that that is clickbaity, but it does. Right, right. It's interesting because it's like, well, if you want to see what this is, you have to visit the site. I personally prefer the most organic traffic possible. You know, I personally prefer that if they see those recipe or they see the um, ingredients and then they see the words gluten free and vegan, they're like, oh, I'm in. I'm going there. Uh-huh, I got you. You know, because I want my numbers to be good when people visit my site and I want, you know, I want them to come and hang you know? So. And here's an, here's another thing that drives me nuts as an end user for recipes. And I I have a feeling this would, I don't know how you guys combat this uh, as a food blogger, but you see these, these roundup posts where it looks like they're taking your images and putting them in on their website and then have a little link back to your actual recipe. And so I click that on Pinterest thinking, okay, I'm going to go get your noodle recipe. And instead I go to the site that has the top 50 noodle recipes. And if you want to get that noodle recipe, you have to click on that link to jump yes. to your website. Yes. How do you guys handle that? And is it a, is it a big list of problems? I think it is, or, or, I mean, do you have to give them takedown notices all the time? How do you handle that? Well, okay. So if, um, if I do a, if I do a roundup post, which I did, for instance, say just this past holiday season, I did 21 ways to use pomegranate seeds in, mm. you know, holiday recipes or something like that. And um, I don't remember the rest of the title. Long story short, I picked out 
Uh, I sourced several bloggers. Um, I'm in a Facebook group where we right. put out, you know, announcements. Hey, I'm doing a roundup on this. Give me your recipes. So everybody puts in their recipes. So I picked out all the pictures. I put all the pictures in the post. When I create the pinnable image that I'm going to market, I have a specific set. I have a specific image that I'm going to use that is going to let you know you're going to see 21. You right, know what right. I mean? I put it right, all right. out there. Right. Well, but that doesn't say that's not to say that a person say, if you visit that, that page and you want to pin it to your board, cause you want to, Oh, I like this one pomegranate recipe. Right. When you go to press the pin button and to round uh, up, it's going to show you all these different pins images with gotcha. that same title. Cause the same metadata is carried through or uh, the same alt text is carried through each image. So long story short, I think that kind of clutters up the Pinterest experience. I'm very, on my group boards that I've created, I am very stickler about no roundups because gotcha. I want my Pinterest followers to go to a board, see recipes and click straight through to the recipe. So, and I don't really promote roundups either. I gotta say in my gotcha. pinning, I don't pick roundups to promote. I just know from a end user, it's really frustrating because then you have to go dig for, you think you're going to get to the recipe and then you have to dig for that. And it just, anyway, so I, I had last time, so that's why it was on fresh agreed. in my mind. Agreed. I love that question. That's a great one. So, um, you know, a lot of people I know struggle with creating images for their blogs and Pinterest and a lot of them just don't do it. Uh, they mm -hmm. especially just give up Pinterest because it takes a little bit more work, but your images, I mean, are incredible. I mean, they're gorgeous looking. I mean, <laughs> so, you. so how do you, what tips do you have for people who are wanting to improve their images? Um, I mean, I don't know if there's any tricks of the trade. Like I know in barbecue, they spray apple juice on it to make it glisten. Or, but what, are, what, do you, what, do you do, what do you do for to, to learn how to be a better uh, photographer? Yes. Um, practice, practice, practice. That is everything. It's everything. And do your homework. So learning, you know, find, you know, I mean, you have to, you have to embrace, you have to hoard information. If you want to do it at a fast, you know, if you want to, there is no fast track for photo, in my opinion, for photography, there is no fast track. You're, but you can fast track, I guess, some of your, um, some of your learning uh, and you definitely can practice your face off, which is what a lot of people do for me. I actually have not practiced as rigorously as I could have or should have maybe to get where I'm at a little quicker, but, um, I started out, I had zero photography experience. All I brought was my eye for framing things, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and appreciation for color and texture and art and things like that. So I didn't bring any, um, photo, photog experience running a camera that was had settings and, you know, things like that. So, um, speaking of that, I think knowing your camera settings is a number one tops, so if a new, if a food blogger is brand new to this and they're, you know, what camera do I get or what, how do I do my settings and things like that? I really recommend st starting at the most basic 101 level um, and, you know, finding that um, I don't think you need to go out and spend $2,000 on a camera or all of that kind of stuff. I think you can, um, you know, I think you can, you can make things happen on right. 
on what they call a shoestring budget in the world of photography. Um, but you have to spend a little money, I think. It depends on what really what you're after. But I think pre practice is, the, is one of the biggest things. But having the right equipment in place would make sense, too. So what are some resources that people who want to improve their photography, do you have some that you like that you went to or that you go to? Um, I know that different, you know, a lot of people say natural light's the only way to do it, but I know that you have talked about you, when you do your photo shoots, your kitchen is crazy because you've got lights everywhere and, <laughs> but with, you know, if, cause I do a lot of video stuff. And so that stuff starts to collect after a while. So you, you get yes. more and more of it, but like for those getting started, you know, is there certain sites you go to to learn like your aperture settings or your, you know, your F, you know, the shutter speed and stuff like that? Is there places that you like to go to, to keep up on photography stuff or what, what's kind of some resources that you use? Yeah. Um, well, I did actually, I did lynda.com. I was a member of lynda.com forever. Um, um, I, I love them because there's, they're, you know, they have one-on-one basic everything and there's, super duper quality control with the learning experience, with the educational experience that's in lynda.com. Mm -hmm. So um, I really love that site for things like that. So I did do a lot of, um, I did do a lot of uh, photography kind of one-on-one stuff through there. Um, and um, YouTubing, like say out loud what it is you want to do. This is what my design, my Adobe InDesign teacher taught us years ago um, in those classes I was in. She said, say out loud what it is that you're wanting to accomplish. So I want the, I want, you know, better lighting on this spaghetti, you know, go to YouTube and, you know, type in, right. you know, how to make spaghetti look good in food photos or something like, I mean, there's a million search things you can do, but, um, I think that, um, looking, I, I one of the biggest things is you have to look at what you're, what you like, and then start learning and start doing homework about basic things about photography, lighting and settings and things like that. Um, and then start identifying what it is that you're trying to accomplish. I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, it, it takes some time, you know? And I, and I think too, is once you learn the terms, that was the thing. Like when I, when people say, how do you learn Photoshop? And I taught myself and is you learn what things are called. Like, Oh, a displacement map is how you yes. put something on something. And yeah. so once you learn those tools, cause I forget more than I've ever learned on Photoshop. That's one of those things you can learn for the rest of your life. As far as I'm concerned, yep. um, but knowing the terms and then what to search for it. That's the big, once you get the terms down and what it's called, what you want to do, then yeah. it becomes a lot easier. Um, Jane says she, um, uh, creative live is a great resource and that's, that's true. Creative oh, live yeah. is a really good one. Yeah. Um, so yeah. one of my biggest clients is, um, other than social media marketing world is a place called sweet shop USA and they make handmade chocolates. They're one of the only the, one of the only handmade chocolate people in the world. Mm -hmm. And so they have some fantastic people. They ship their stuff off to who stage their stuff. Mm -hmm. So how do you learn? I mean, cause your stuff is gorgeously staged. I mean, I've <laughs> seen it before. It's, it's awesome. I mean, it really Aww, is. It's like, that's so cool. that's and so, so cool. how do people learn how to do that? Like if they're just like starting, I mean, is it, <laughs> is it looking on Pinterest and, and copying stuff and then changing it up a little bit? Or how do you learn like staging? Oh man, it has been, the, it's been the thing I've hated the most. I do not love it. Really? I do not. I want a little elf to come in and do all that for me. All right. And I just call the shots like, Hey, okay, let's do, you know, right. I just, um, okay. Well, I'm going to confess. Um, first of all, 
I still, number one, natural light is my go-to for all pictures. I have very few non-artificial you know, light, yeah. artificially lit photos. Um, but all these lights are coming in handy for my video stuff, but that's another story. Um, so staging, I keep things really simple. I am not going to go out and buy, you know, um, a bunch of things to make one set of one photo shoot happen. Um, mostly I don't have the space, um, right. on a budget. I, I want to, I just want to get these recipes out there. And so what I, so to answer your question, yes, I am very much inspired by the staging I see on Pinterest of, you know, other food bloggers. Um, I see where I look at, I go, oh, that person, they're, you know, they're like me. They don't want to invest right. in a huge right. table spread for this right. one recipe, you know? Right. Um, and so I keep it really simple, um, you know, and I don't use... Um, all these weird things that a lot of they, you know, that they do for staging, you know, images for magazines and stuff like that. Cause that's a whole different game right there. I mean, I, I barely know anything about that, but um, it's, it's a real pain. I, I really take your compliment to heart, Jeff, because um, hearing that after the stress and the hard work of going through capturing images, it's all about timing. There's sunlight to contend with. There's, you know, there's, there's so many variables. Um, video, I find a little bit easier in that way, but then there's a lot of post-production time spent. Right. So there's that. And then uh, podcasting, you know, I've done a couple of, ep recorded a couple of episodes in my time where I'm just like, okay, this is pretty smooth. You know, I have to say the, fo the photography staging is one of the hardest things ever to capture the, the look that you want. So I will spend, I will, I will run around like crazy. I still do that, but I do have things a lot more better planned and systems set up. Um, and if the light isn't hitting it right, it's, it's no dice. I mean, that's all there is to it. If it's not, you know, if the lighting is not right, um, I don't know if that answered your question. It does. I mean, I think it's that inspiration on Pinterest, looking what other people are doing for staging. Um, I would also say, you know, looking at, maybe not food, but maybe how something else is being staged to get inspiration from that kind of try to mix and match some things. When a long time ago, I used to work for a place that was like pampered chef. That was a home party kind of thing. And we had to take pictures for their catalog. And I was kind of, I was a graphic guy. I didn't do much of this photo stuff, but we would go out and we, we had relationships with all the antique stores and, yes. you know, different things. And we could borrow <laughs> stuff. And so that might be something that you may want to you may want to see if if you you don't need to go buy a place setting every time you want to do a photo you know right. but go and, even if you can rent it for a little bit it's cheaper than buying it so that's just yeah. an option that you can do as well but yeah I, I think, have done that yeah well and I, one more thing we've DIY'd some pretty cool stuff lately some backdrops and things mm -hmm. so I spent a lot of time I mean anything you want to know about anything you know you can go to Google but more specifically I think YouTube um, has been a real go to for right. you know those types of things. So um, I use thrift stores. I use, uh, you know, DIY. We DIY our backdrops and things like that. Um, and I mentioned the lighting thing, but also um, I'll go to the neighbors and borrow bowls and napkins from them. I'll, oh, can I get the, you know, they don't mind. They're like, they're all over it, you know? Right. So, um, you know, I think one of the key things about staging I should mention is that about, you know, actually taking that sh those shots uh, is, I, it took me a long time to realize this. Take pictures from multiple angles, 
move that garnish around because you are inevitably going to find yourself like you'll go, oh God, I have 50 pictures with the same garnish in the same spot and it looks terrible in all of them. And I didn't know that because I was found that out in post-production, you know? So, um, you know, if we're talking to food people who are doing food photography, I mean, that's a, that's a huge uh, thing that I, it took me a long time to learn multiple gotcha. angles and, uh, right, right. you know, yeah. And testing your work along the way, looking at your photos as you go, don't wait until you get on your computer and put that disc in your computer right. and go, Oh, all these suck. You know, right. the stupidest thing that the easiest thing is well, one guy told me, he says, look through your camera when you're staging because yeah. I was trying to do it and then go in it. I mean, and, and having that as a, as a, a reference, it was kind of a no-brainer thing, but I did, wasn't doing it. Uh, Kim said, yeah, she borrowed stuff from her, her book. She had a, a book come out uh, last year, and um, it was they borrowed stuff, too. So if you can borrow it, do it. It's, yeah. just, you just need to ask. Is that, All right. Kim. Hi, Kim. Yeah, I just have to say hi. I've been a fan of her for a long time. And yeah, so, she's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so visual marketing. So it's becoming more and more important. We've talked about uh, Pinterest, and I know I've been – and um, I know you're big on Instagram too. So yeah. how do you treat that platform compared to Pinterest? Um, do you just crop the photo and you're done with it? Or do you have a certain strategy that you do on, on Instagram compared to Pinterest? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, um, I do. I do always create in my workflow. I create a square photo for us for Instagram. And I have, of course, a quick, blurb for my, when I post it about, you know, whatever it is about whatever the, the blog or the blog post is. And then right. of course I come back in and I do hashtags. I do a hashtag cloud, you know, for that. Um, and then, um, so do you shoot us a, a whole separate image for Instagram or do you take one of your images and crop it? I kind of do. I that's technically, good. I tech, no, that's a great question because for a food blog, I didn't know back when I, um, uh, how do I say this? I, um, I, I was shooting photos just sort of one dimensionally almost. And mm -hmm. I didn't realize I needed to get all these different, you know, angles and you just take pictures as many as you can of as many ways as you can, because, you know, inevitably you might only have three really, 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 really good ones out of 200 or whatever. Right, right. So, I mean, I'm just really picky about that stuff. And so, um, and I still have a long way to go in all this, but, um, but yes, yeah, so I will shoot images. Now I consciously shoot images. I think, okay, that could be a good contender for, um, for Instagram. Cause you want it to, Oh, here's a big thing. I don't in post-production, I don't want to, edit out blemishes. I don't want mm -hmm. to make something there that wasn't there, take something out that is there. Right. Uh, I don't want to crop the photos at all. I don't want to do any of that. All I want to do is pull them in, uh, up the exposure is usually what I have to do because I'm shooting in low light often. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, and then I watermark it. And sometimes I'll bump the saturation just a hair. If it makes it look like something that you want to eat, I'm going to do that, you know? Right, right. Um, and so, yeah. So I think that, so for Instagram, yeah, I think um, uh, framing, framing is very much a conscious effort to answer that question. So do you, if you had to pick one, would you pick Instagram or Pinterest? Because I know, I would think Instagram is very, very competitive. I know, I know Pinterest is too, but 
everybody's taking a picture of food and putting it on Instagram. I mean, that's yes. just kind of what you do. So yes. which one do you think you pick out of those two? Man, that is, oh, that's, why did you have to ask that question? Uh, no, because, you know, kidding. Instagram's hard to get traffic back to your, to your blog. It I mean, it's it hard. Is, it is. So much. would you yeah. say you use Instagram mostly for engagement with people? Is that how you use it? Yeah, I, yes, I do think that. So from a, from a bit, from a, um, from a business perspective, you know, from a marketing perspective, um, Pinterest is my top referrer. I mean, it right. just is, and it has been, and I don't like to be, I like, I want to be diversifying my marketing strategies and my traffic incoming referral traffic and all of that. I want that stuff diversified, but I have to go with also what works. And so, and just rock out that Pinterest as much as possible. But I must say that I have not been that involved on Instagram that much as of the last couple of months, I got mm -hmm. so busy and I was like, you know what? I need to draw back from one, something and put more energy into other things. And Instagram happened to be that thing, you know, but people are still um, following and engaging. Um, and um, yeah, it's just, it's kind of still happening, but I haven't been very involved. I did have someone um, who had offered to help me with my Instagram account for mm -hmm. a little while. And I took the person up on that and um uh, to grow the followers and the engagement really started taking off more. And um, so that was pretty exciting. And um, one strategy we put in place at the end of that time together was that um, we, I picked out like five of my favorite food bloggers and uh, he marketed some of their content on my, on my gotcha. um, Instagram account. And that was really successful as well. And um, I think I, I want to do more of that. Um, you know, in the future. So when you ask the question about, Pinst you know, Pinstagram, Pinterest and Instagram, uh, you know, uh, I think taking that approach is good to share other people's, um, right. you know, to share other people's stuff and, um, uh, you know, to, yeah, to cross promote. I think I, I really noticed you and I think I, and this may be when you were a lot active on it, but Hey, I totally get you. Cause I've been off Instagram. It's hard when you do it for clients, then they'll go, okay, now I got to do mine. You know? So it's like, uh, <laughs> right. and so I need, I need to up my Instagram game as well. But I noticed you on there, you were doing some live video um, yes. stuff that was really, really cool. Cause it was behind the scenes stuff, which always does well. But yeah. I remember, I mean, I still, this, I hope this is the right person, but you had neighbor's dogs that would come. Yeah. Over. Yeah. So, I mean, I, <laughs> How else would I know that if I hadn't <laughs> behind the scenes? Um, oh, she's so cute. And you, when your, I think, niece and nephew came over. I mean, so I think that is really important. So do you see yourself using more and more live video to, if it's on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, to engage better with your community? I definitely do. And I'm working behind the scenes right now. I kind of dropped off that Instagram video. I had fun with it. I learned it um, mm -hmm. to, you know, for the time period that I was using it. I did it for, I don't know, some months, I guess, right, right. a couple months. And um, I'm building out campaigns for that right now to bring all that back. Um, but again, it had gotten to be without planning that into my flow. It gets hard. I found myself, yeah, I found myself really becoming more distracted by it. And I found myself, but I loved it. I would be, I would just start, I wouldn't even plan out a story. I would just start right. and roll and go. And then I'd be like, oh man, now I'm all committed to this. And it could be a real time right. distraction, time you know? Right. Um, so I'm, I'm working behind the scenes to figure out how to work that back in as a campaign and something I do, you know, I still want it to be completely 
you know, natural. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was really great seeing behind the scenes. Thank you. I love hearing that. I love hearing that's a vote of, that's a vote in the direction of me to start thinking about it, you know, more seriously. (laughs) So I have a couple more questions, then we'll start wrapping up. But um, one of the things is I noticed on your blog and and I assume this is the best way for uh, food bloggers to make money is affiliate links. I mean, I noticed Mm -hmm. some of those is that, is there a certain number that you like to have? I mean, is there, I mean, how long did you wait before you added affiliate links on your blog? I mean, some of those questions, I know a lot of people would like the answers to. Sure. Sure. So I waited too long in my opinion. Um, any long, any length of time that you wait to put affiliate links in place, um, you're waiting too long. Uh, it's money on the table. And, mm. you know, I consider myself to be a, you know, anything I put an affiliate link to, um, for anybody who doesn't know what affiliate links are, it means I endorse products that you click through and purchase. And I get a small commission for that primarily through Amazon is my top, my main affiliate link uh, mm-hmm. source right now. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's literally, um, money on the table. Um, I was at a conference last this past year in 2016, I went to FinCon and I had a nice little one-on-one session with Andrew from, uh, listen, money matters. He sat me down and we looked at my blog and he said, you, I mean, no, not many people get this experience. I think it was pretty great, but, um, um, you know, he looked at it and said, you have so many affiliate opportunities just lined throughout all of this. And I really took him seriously and I still need to send him um, a bottle of, or two of wine for that <laughs> really right. nice um, meetup that we had. But um, he, you know, he really brought it to home for me to realize I'm like, he's right. You know, there, we have affiliate opportunities all over the place and we are, I'm using these products regularly and I want to endorse good brands and good, um, you know, I want to endorse products that I want people to feel confident about, you know? Right. So, um, so yes, I waited too long and, but that and, is, and, you, and they don't yeah. feel spammy on your site. Cause you know, sometimes there you're getting pop-ups and you know, some of the, you know, some of those, those yep. food things I've gone to, I'm just like, let me see the recipe, but I don't yeah. feel that way. Here's an, I think you did it in a tasteful oh, way. I'm at so the bottom, glad. I saw some, and so yeah. I'm, so yeah, I, I sprinkle them throughout. It's sort of like a in case you're interested, right? Kind of thing. You know what right. I mean? Like oh, uh, uh, I don't know, truffle salt, which is one kind of right, very right. unique ingredient right. that I use. It's the most ingre- unique ingredient. Um, 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 it says, yeah, there's a link to click through to it. If somebody doesn't right. like, oh, I wonder how much that is. They click through and go, oh, it's eight dollars a bottle. Forget it, you know, or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> That's right, right. But other people are like, hey, I want to copy your recipe. Exactly the same. So yes. I want to get her truffle salt. Yep. And so right. those super fans are the ones you're saying that you leave some money on the table. So that's right. Yep. Uh, last one of the last questions. Um, do you have any specific strategies that you're gonna you know like do for 2017 that you've kind of been okay? This is what we're doing this year, and this is what's going to work. Yep. So I'm going to put my. Um, I want to. I want to address a, a part of a previous question that I didn't answer with this sure. as well, and that was um, the equipment aspect Mm. of things. Um, so I'm, I'm, I've started doing video and, and when I say that I'm talking, I've, you know, I'm, I've done it. I've done the overhead recipe sort of dump and stir kind of thing. You know, I'm doing those and I'm getting the hang of those. And I finally have pretty much all the setup for that. Um, but I'm leveraging the equipment that I've had, you know, in that. So I have lights that I never use for photography. So I'm, I'm utilizing those. And then I'm, um, utilizing, I have two different cameras. And when I spoke earlier about cameras, I have a Sony a 6,000, um, which was a, I think is a very affordable 
but upscale, it's stepped up from a point and shoot, you right, know, right, right. Um, but it's still not DSLR, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's a mirrorless camera. And so um, I have that and a couple different uh, fixed focal lenses for that. And then, um, and then I have an old Nikon uh, DSLR that we bought years ago when I first started food blogging. Mm -hmm. And so, and I have a couple tripods and, um, you know, various props and things like that. Long story short, leveraging that equipment and um, creating video is um, pretty much the direction that one of the directions that I'm going. And so, um, you know, the strategy for that, uh, I, without saying too much, I have, besides just doing recipe videos, I have other campaigns in the works. Mm -hmm. And so um, that is where Instagram will come into play you know, down, you know, when I want right, to right, use, right. you know, the Instagram live video. Um, and it's also where YouTube will come into play. So I have the YouTube channel all set up. I've got a couple of videos on there right now. Um, my main thing is just to be helpful, you know, like I, I'm not interested in spam and I'm not interested in people who aren't interested. I'm not interested in trying to attract people who aren't interested or, you know, wanting, right. wanting what I've got to offer. I, you know, cause there's someone else out there for that, you know, there's, right. There's so many interests out there. And, and you have a great, you know, this is what I what kind of recipes I'm going to do. And you're very, very clear about it. And it's, and that helps too, that you don't have to start. I mean, you can really drill down into that niche and, and really give your audience what you want uh, on mm -hmm. your, on, I'll give you a little thing. I don't know if you say, have you seen the Mevo camera yet? Mm -hmm. Or, oh, uh, well, oh, I did. At I, best, at best, what I've seen it at Best Buy over the holidays. I don't know, but it, what it does is it lets you simulate a multi-camera shoot with yes, one camera. I saw that. And, and I actually have one. And I did, um, um, I, I, we did a contest with my daughter who could build the, a, um, a gingerbread house in under 10 minutes. And oh my the cool thing is my, my son was running and he could cut in close to the different shots of us working. And it made a huge difference. It got like 4,000 views oh. uh, on on uh, Facebook. I mean, it's crazy. So yeah, cause that would be for your cooking. It would be awesome because you could, you'd have one person running it. You don't have to have a ton of stuff. Anyway, I know. Love it that camera. I saw that and I thought, is that a gimmick or is that oh, it's real? Awesome. Okay. Awesome. We might have to talk more about that yeah, at you, another time. Yeah, um, anyway, I, we will. It's, it's really good. So, yeah. but here's the last question that I ask everybody. So where is the best place to find out more about you and your services? Okay. So if you are interested in uh, more, um, healthier cooking that includes vegan recipes that even meat eaters will love, vegetarian recipes, and mostly gluten-free recipes. These are all just naturally occurring. Um, thekitchengirl.com and Pinterest. These are all of my social media handles are slash thekitchengirl pretty much. So Pinterest.com, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and YouTube. I'm not on Periscope and uh, I still have a MySpace <laughs> I'll make sure to. I, that's for something else. <laughs> when I uh, when I get uh, when I put this on the the website, I'll make sure to put all those links in there. Awesome. As always, I love for you guys to visit manlypinterestips.com, click on the sidebar, and subscribe to our email community where you'll never miss a great guest like we had with Tracy today. Because at Manly Pinterest Tips, we're always adding testosterone <laughs> one pin at a time. See you next time, everybody. Yay! Thanks for having me. Jeff. Thank you for joining Jeff on his mission to help you be successful in the Pinterest world. Would you like to take part in a live show? Be sure to join Jeff's email community at manlypinteresttips.com. Adding testosterone. One pin at a time.